Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you joined us again this week. Gerald here with you, of course. And as always, I have to bring in a guest host, a guest P, as it were. And I'm running through a lot of first-time guests here in the beginning of 2023. I think this was like this, or this is like the fifth or sixth first-time guest in a row, which is very exciting because you know I usually have like five or six a year, but I'm just starting it out. I'm just like, you know what? Let's get all the new people in here. So this guy I've been friends with on Twitter, on social media for a few years now. And I know I've heard his voice like literally every week for the last like two years on Next Best Picture. He also writes for Awards Watch. He's a film critic. He's a great dude. And like I said, I just love listening to this guy, but I've never had him on the show. Dan Bayer is here. Dan, what's up, man? Welcome to the piece. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm very thrilled to have you. I'm a big fan of yours on Thanks, social media, man. but also listening to you over there with Matt. And I love your commentary on a lot of the movies you guys cover. And you always bring a little levity to the conversation over there. You know, you always have a little bit of a lighthearted approach. You try to keep it fun. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that about your commentary. So hopefully people look you up and look into some of your reviews over there. Thanks, man. You know, and try. This is meant to be fun. absolutely well hopefully we're gonna have fun tonight we're doing Mm -hmm. uh people on youtube will know this but people listening to the show might not but we're doing a video chat tonight and dan's got he's in the matrix he has the backdrop from the matrix there and it's it's freaky man there is uh, no spoon hopefully this is really you i don't know (laughs) this might be an ai program that's for me to know and you to find out that's right. That's right. I'll have to do my investigative work. Uh, so like I said, thanks for being here, man. And, um, you know, we do a top five show here on the main show and we count down usually dealing with movies, which of course you're perfect for that topic. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody real quick what the top five is tonight and what we're counting down? Yeah. So we are doing the top five Brad Pitt performances. Brad Pitt, Mr. Pitt. Mr. That's absolutely Pitt. right. <laughs> now, what we decided, and what we decided, Dan, we should tell everyone is we're not going to do movies necessarily. Yeah. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your research at the top here, but <laughs> we're not going to do movies that Brad Pitt was in. We're going to kind of rank our favorite performances of Mr. Pitt, mm-hmm. right? So yes. I, I tried to, I got worried when I was making my list because I was like, these are just my favorites. So I was like <laughs> trying to like. You know, I was trying to remember like his performance, regardless of maybe what I thought of the movie as a whole. Yeah. Uh, but without giving any titles away up front here, how was your research and coming up with this? You, you know, I, I actually gave you you did uh, Brad, Brad Pitt or Leo, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you want to come back in the future, we can do Leo because I haven't totally. done his <laughs> films yet either. But when you were doing your research, you know, why did you pick Brad Pitt? How easy was it for you to narrow this list down? And, and what was it like for you? I mean, between the two, like, I feel like Brad Pitt just has this wide range of uh, not just genres of films, but uh, quality of films. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, he has allowed himself to be in some absolute crap. Uh, and Leo is a bit 
too much on the quality control, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> he's just always like, it shall be an Oscar contender. Right, right. And um, it's, you know, that's fine. He's a fantastic actor. But looking at what Brad Pitt has done throughout his career, I think is far more interesting. And it's been... Yeah. Especially like going through and looking back and reminding myself of some films and like watching a couple that I hadn't watched. Um, it's really weird, like watching him try to figure out what his like persona is and right. like what is his, you know, his movie star thing. Cause he was clearly a movie star from like the first time he was on screen, yeah. basically, you know, mm-hmm. the charisma is just out, out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took him like he went through a lot of different phrases trying to find, you know, yeah. quote unquote, who Brad Pitt is. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a big fan of. I, I know I heard your mixed reactions to it when you guys covered it on NBP. But I was a big fan of him in Babylon this past year, and I think that kind of speaks to a little bit what you're saying because his character in that movie is kind of in the twilight of his career. He kind of realizes like how much longer am I going to be able to do this? Which I thought was a really cool storyline that was kind of built into the to the overall, well, there were a lot of different storylines in Babylon, but you know what I mean? His yeah. storyline specifically kind of mirrored in a lot of ways, but I feel like maybe he's actually kind of thinking a little bit as he gets a little bit older into his career. Mm-hmm. And then you start out with some of those young hunk roles that he had, which are great. And they're great to go back and watch and the rewatchability is super high on them. But I guess what I'm saying is you can just see this really cool kind of trajectory and like, I don't want to use the word like awards worthy, but I mean, just like, more people kind of taking notice of his performance as opposed to his looks or yeah. you know, whatever the draw was prior to like 10 or 15 years ago, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the people have been asking him more recently to do Brad Pitt, dramatic actor, or mm-hmm. at least, you know, like deep character actor, um, right. than they, than they were before. And I think that is great because he is, really incredible at creating characters from the ground. He up. is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the drama stuff's great, but he's funny too, man. It's a funny dude. <laughs> really I mean, funny dude. <laughs> and, and he's, and he's so charismatic. I mean, you know, when he was on the award circuit a couple of years ago and he was making those speeches, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, they were just timeless, man. I mean, yeah. so charming and so funny and just a, a dude that, you know, you feel like you'd want to hang out with for an hour and just have a couple beers with. I mean, I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine it's just fun <laughs> to be around and yeah. entertaining guy. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. I just go ahead and tell you, he's probably my top five actors of all time. I love oh, the wow. catalog. So I was thrilled when you when you picked this topic for sure because it's an actor that I've been wanting to cover for a long time on the show and never had a chance to do it. So here we are, Dan Bayer, first time guest, hello, Mr. Brad Pitt, <laughs> and we. We both kept our shirts on for the recording because we didn't want to do the full Brad Pitt, like, you know. <laughs> Look, when you're talking about Brad Pitt, I just feel Boiled like up, you know? I can't do I can't compete with that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's we just not, we're good. It's not worth it. <laughs> no one no you're, one wants to see right. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just leave Brad Pitt to their imagination yeah. here tonight. All right, so we're gonna do our top five Brad Pitt movie performances. I didn't do any television. Dan, you didn't do TV, right? No, you just I did, did movies. Yeah. All right, yeah. He's got a few in there, like TV stuff that, again, yeah. the humor, it was funny. Mm. Um, but I left TV off the table. So it's all movies tonight. Our top five Brad Pitt performances. 
Dan, I'm going to let you get us started, man. So give me your number five pit performance and why. My number five pit performance is actually one that I think I, I may be undervaluing it a bit, but I think it's mm. just it is a perfect um, merger of like the character that they're playing and his persona um especially at the time uh it's moneyball mm. it it good one. really sort of uses that like uh good old boy former like golden boy jock you know kind of aura that he has and especially had at that time in 2011 and he's remarkably understated but mm -hmm. he gives you so much with just you know just his eyes yeah no, for <laughs> it's sure it's a real like movie star performance but yeah. it's not that he's like relying on his charisma necessarily there's a lot of really smart craft behind it and when he can dial it back and how much he can dial it back while still maintaining interest yeah, and you know, Moneyball is one of the very few, I mean, unless I'm just kind of forgetting some, but it's one of the very few based on real life character, based yeah. on a real person. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't do that a lot in his career. Kind of no. to your point we were talking about in the intro, he loves to kind of create these characters and, you know, make them his his own and the staple of how he portrays them based on the screenplay or whatever. But in this case, you know, he's portraying a real guy. Uh, nominated for this, right? I think yeah. he was nominated. Nominated for lead actor. Did, yeah. Yeah, nominated for Lee, which I think was deserving, and um, it's Absolutely. on my list too. It's on my list too, so I'll, I'll save a little bit. But <laughs> okay. I, um, yeah, I love Moneyball, and I think it's a great pick. So that's your number five. Yep. Now you were saying you might be undervaluing it a little bit. I might yeah. be undervaluing my number five <laughs> because this is what he won the Oscar for, and it's for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> that's my number five, playing Cliff Booth, the stuntman. The, nice. I mean. Charm, charisma, badassery, a, a great wingman, a great friend. Again, he kind of encapsulates who Brad Pitt probably would have been in 1969. Just such a cool oh, guy yeah. that you want to hang out with on a movie set, you know, and he kind of brings that to life in this movie and just so cool. I mean, him and Leo, I mean, in this movie are just a great yeah. tag team. The final scene of this movie is actually what brought the movie up for me, like the last act of the film. Prior to that, I was kind of like, middling on it but interesting yeah but the last act of this film really brought this movie to life for me where i walked away going wow i fucking love that i want to see it again and a lot of that had to brad do with brad pitt and his dog and the whole fucking thing that we get there so that is so interesting because the exact opposite happened to me really okay like so you were really high on it and then the end just kind of killed it like even though like i i've heard both i enjoyed it I had a lot of fun with that last act. I thought it, it you know, like technically it was really great and fun filmmaking, mm. but <laughs> I just, that it, it kind of lost me on a thematic level. Um, no, I get it. I've heard, I've heard <laughs> both. I've heard that take yeah. on it. I've so heard people I, just didn't like it at all, you know, yeah. which I don't think is Tarantino's best. It's probably like middle of the pack in my opinion, but yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Brad Pitt's stellar in it, and I think he—it's it, a great performance. I think it was—I um, mean, you, you're deeper into award season than I am, Dan, but I think it may have been like a resume win, kind of like it was kind of like, all right, we got to give him 
his due here. It, it was. I don't. It think was it a was little bit. Best. It, it, yeah. it was a little bit. It felt like you know the the coronation. Like this is finally like you've had a couple nominations before. This is you know clearly your best work, and you're basically playing yourself. So it's like the perfect. <laughs> right. It was the perfect moment to you know sort of crown him and say thanks to your long career, and it's for a great performance too. You know, sure, like, you can't really complain about it because it's a. It is one of the quintessential Brad Pitt performances. Sure, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I didn't mean to. I don't take anything away from his win because I was pulling for him <laughs> that year. I predicted him that year. I was, you know, I'm glad he won it. Um, I would have loved to have seen him got nominated for Babylon this year, but that's a different, that's a different story. All right, yeah, so I don't, I don't want any Babylon haters <laughs> coming at me. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that's my number five. We're back over to you, man. What do you got at number four? Well, it's funny you should say that. Um, I cheated a little. Okay. Um, and have a tie at number four. All right. I love when guests cheat immediately when they come on the show. Uh, one Nicole, of, Ackman, Nicole Ackman came on a couple weeks ago, and she immediately, with her number five, cheated. Yeah, she was she like, she me. named two people at her. <laughs> Go ahead. So it, and I, I have, I'm doing this because I feel like these performances are sort of opposite sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, one is. Cliff Booth and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the other is in Babylon. Oh, okay. So, all right. I um, they are both. Yeah, so, you know, okay, like go ahead. People in Hollywood, it's sort of the twilight of their careers. Cliff yeah. was not a like star star, but he was in that atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. and I just think that like Cliff is such a more like. It's a more uh, comedic take on the character, whereas um, Jack, it's Jack, right, in Babylon? Jack, no. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it is Jack in Babylon, um, is the more sort of like, it's the uh, sadder, more depressing, dramatic version <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of, that, of a similar character. And I love that sure. they're like practically back-to-back on his resume, they really feel like you know we're getting the two of them together. You feel like you're getting the full picture of who Brad Pitt is as a performer, okay. and they're really each stylized in their own way. Um, the he is one of the best performers of Quentin Tarantino's dialogue that I think mm-hmm. are currently working, um, and he yeah. just like chomps through it in once upon a time i love watching him especially in the uh the scene the extended sequence at spawn movie ranch it is so much fun to just watch him watch his gears turn and yeah. it, it it's brilliant and then you have what he's doing in babylon where it, the and Babylon is a movie that I really remember more for like individual scenes or moments that I really, really oh, loved yeah. as opposed to like the whole of everything. And there are several moments of his in the last half of Babylon that are just like soul crushing in yeah. how much he's giving you with his face. And it's like, right. it's kind of like the same thing in Moneyball. Like it's, he does not 
lean into how ex- overly expressive his face can be, but mm-hmm. he's finding that perfect line between um, not enough and just enough. Right. Well, you know, it, it's I've been given shit from some people I know personally. <laughs> I, I've, I am a Babylon apologist. It was one of my favorite. It was actually my number two film of 2022. It was my runner-up. Nice. I love that movie. Brad Pitt has a lot to do with it. It, it didn't crack my top five, but I'm so glad that it made yours because I didn't expect that. <laughs> also, I really, really appreciate you cheating right out of the gate. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> top six. Here we go. Um, <laughs> I, I was just like, I got to a certain point and I was like, I don't want to lose any of these. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It's tough. <laughs> Week in and week out is so tough for me, but uh, you know, great picks. Obviously, I agree with both of them, and I I didn't think about that before, where it's like kind of the same character in different mm-hmm. settings. So I really like that you kind of pointed that out to me a little bit too, because I already mentioned how I feel like his character in Babylon is kind of like possibly mirroring what he might be going through in his own life, same Love age, that, yeah. same path of his career. Uh, you know, he's not dealing with any major changes, if you will, in the industry, but. You know, it's just kind of like you get to a point where, I mean, you know, you start doing different things because of your age or because new people are coming in. I mean, it just is the way it is. So uh, I think he does great. He handles it with grace. And I agree with you, man. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Jack Conrad, by the way, is Mm -hmm. the name of the character there in Babylon. So we're getting a little crossover heavy here, but that's fine because my number four my number four is Billy Bean from Moneyball. Nice. So I agree with you. Everything you said, I agree with. Moneyball was interesting to me as a film because I remember it was one of my favorite films of that year. You know, him and Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, a lot of great performances in that movie. But I, I just remember being kind of like taken aback that this movie was able to make like mathematics so like fascinating where you're just like, my God, this is so like suspenseful and intense. And it's like, you know, they're literally just doing statistics the whole time, you know? So, you know, there was a lot of underlying stuff going on there with his marriage and, you know, other stuff going on that was playing out as well. But I just remember being like kind of surprised that I was as engrossed in it as I was. So I think that's a testament to his performance and a lot of the other ones I mentioned too, that they were able to just kind of rope you in and you really, are kind of drawn to these characters and you kind of want to see how it plays out. And I'm glad that he got nominated that year and uh, I think it's deserving. So I agree with everything you said, but that's my number four, Billy Bean from Moneyball. All right, man. So let's see. I don't know. Uh, I've been listening to you for a few years. You might, I think uh, we might have more crossover. I'm looking at my three that I have left here. I don't know. We'll see. You're you're a dramatic dude. I don't know. We'll see what you can do. <laughs> the ones I have left aren't too too dramatic, but we'll see. What do you got at number three, Dan? Um, I at number three, I have um the performance that inspired um one of my favorite awards acceptance speeches of all time, in which he thanked the makers of Kaopectate at the Golden Globe Awards. Um, is in. Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys. Nice, I man. think he is just like demented, bonker yeah. balls brilliant in that movie. Yeah. It, it, it's so easy to play crazy, but the way that he is able to do it in this movie 
is it feels unique and different and special. And I, it was the first performance I think where anyone really saw Brad Pitt and go, Oh, this guy can act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just remember seeing the fervor around him in this movie and then eventually seeing the movie and going like, yeah, he really can act. He's fucking great. Yeah, no, it was a out of the box, memorable, like, holy shit performance. Madeline Stowe was great in this too. It was like the Love, lead. Yeah. Freaking loved her in this. Terry Gilliam, who also did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So kind of that like hypnotic, weird kind of camera work and stuff, which really played to his character too, to Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. This one's in my honorable mentions, but I think it's because I haven't seen it in, in several Long years. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I need to give it a rewatch, but I think that. This one and maybe one other one that I'm thinking about right now that I don't want to mention in case it comes up are possibly his most like, whoa, dude, what the fuck like, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Performances, you know what I mean? Just so weird from anything else that he's done. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's one other one that I'm going to mention here in a little bit if it doesn't come up. But other than that, I think it's it kind of stands on its own is what I mean in 12 Monkeys. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a one-off in his catalog for sure. So, mm -hmm. uh, great pick, man. So that's your number three. Yep. And here's the other one that I was talking about. So my number three is, you know, I love when he gets with these certain filmmakers. We already mm -hmm. we already talked about Tarantino, but David Fincher and him in Fight Club as Tyler Durden mm -hmm. is my number three. This is a it's one of my favorite movies ever. I love this movie. I love how trippy it is. I love how like bleak and kind of dark it is. And like, it's like a plot twist, but it's like a mind fuck plot twist where you have to kind of like sit there afterwards and like, what, what, <laughs> wait, wait, yep. what just happened? Who was that? Who was he? What, what did he do? You know, and you just kind of like <laughs> have to kind of like talk through it, you know? And uh, it's, it's really awesome in that way. And I just love Brad Pitt's kind of like, stylized like just hypnotic performance where he's just like you know just dancing out in the parking lot and he's oh, yeah. down there shirtless bloody and sweaty and oh my know, god let let people kick his ass and like i mean it's just so memorable man like i said with the 12 most Monkeys, iconic this fashion of his career <laughs> yeah I, I yeah with the red god. leather jacket and all that oh yeah. the clothes oh my god yeah so wow. good man what do you so are you a fan of this one is this one on your list maybe maybe <laughs> all, right. all right well I, you can hold it then but okay. i uh <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm a, I'm a fan of this one so yeah i, mean, I don't think it's fan. my yeah yeah i don't think it's my favorite fincher but it is probably in the top five it's uh yeah there's one other one that is really special to me as a movie lover that i'm gonna talk about actually here in a minute because brad pitt's in that one as well but Fight Club's up there. I mean, it's it's one that you won't forget. It's also one that oh, yeah. you know kind of demands a rewatch. Yes. You have to go, I gotta watch that again. I gotta see what yeah. just happened. And it's like you catch different stuff on second and third viewings and so on. So every time I see it, even today, whether it's playing on TBS or whatever, I'm like, oh shit, I don't remember that. Or I yeah. you know, oh yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> and you you catch stuff kind of going along there as you rewatch it. So that's my number three. And we are over to you for number two, buddy. What do you got at number two? My number two is just another – I he is such a great comedian, and mm -hmm. it feels like he hasn't gotten enough great 
comedic roles in his career to really make that case. Um, But I can't help but laugh whenever I even think about him for even a split second in the Coen Brothers' Burn After Reading. Oh, yeah. So good. (laughs) (laughs) So good, man. I agree. Every every little moment is like pure comedy gold. The look, you know, the I it like all credit to the customers and the hair and makeup people because the tan and the streaked hair, it's it's beautiful, it's perfect. Um, but then like how he changes his voice like just so slightly, upping mm-hmm. the himbo and like it <laughs> I said like we have your shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good, man. It really is. It, and and yeah. his the last like split second of his screen time in this movie is the funniest thing. <laughs> I <laughs> like it takes like that moment could it like it's probably always gonna work fine on its own, but with the right performer, it can just transcend to like another level of effectiveness. And he absolutely does that with that one little facial expression that he's giving at the end there. And ah, uh, I ah, uh, it, it's just yeah. comic genius, and I yeah. love it. So good, man. It's so good. It didn't make my top five, but I love it so much. <laughs> you know, you know that the meme of him with the dancing with the Walkman? <clears throat> Perfect. <clears throat> Perfect, man. It's so good. So memorable. So great. <laughs> and it, and he got to stretch his comic yes. you know, chops, too, which is awesome. Like you mm-hmm. said, he just doesn't really get to do that very often. So, yeah. I got one of my honorable mentions that he was hilarious in, but generally speaking, looking at his IMDb today when I was making my, you know, yeah. finalizing my list, like it just doesn't do a lot of comedy. So, yeah. But there you go. Burn after reading, great pick. That's your runner up. That's your number two. Yep. My number two is one of the movies. There's a handful. Pulp Fiction would also be one. And this is definitely one. There's like three or four movies that are like, all right, I'm going to the theater. I am now a movie goer. I go mm-hmm. see movies in the theater ever since then uh-huh. because of movies like Pulp Fiction and like Seven in 1995. <gasps> yes. David Fincher. Brad Pitt, man, uh, as David Mills, one of the two lead detectives in this opposite Morgan Freeman, who also puts in a stellar performance here. Mm-hmm. I mean, just such a dark, gloomy gritty serial killer like david fincher like to a t everything we think of him today mm-hmm. this is really where it started you know you could talk about Mindhunter, zodiac like you can mention the killer that's coming out this year yeah. you can mention any of this shit oh and it all is going to trace back to seven mm-hmm. but i went to see this there was a little movie house where i was living at the time in a town in greens called greensboro where it played at the janus movie house and we were like all right let's go see it and me and my friend bob I went to see this in that, in that same theater like five times because oh I was God. so I was so blown away by the movie making like the craft aspect, like the yeah. opening credits with David with uh, Nine Inch Nails. Oh my God! And, yes, you know the the credits going backwards with David Bowie at the end, and like you know I already mentioned like just kind of that gloomy, dark, like almost like green hues, like kind of filmmaking. 
And I just was so drawn to it. And a lot of it had to do with Pitt's performance and how he just kind of seemed like this novice who was kind of like fumbling through learning his job, but at the same time solving one of the, you know, most like perplexing crimes that the city had ever seen. And it was like twists and turns around every, with every victim. And, you know, you could see like in his character, David Mills, you could see like his kind of disgust with what he was having to investigate, but trying to detach himself from that. And Morgan Freeman as the elder detective was able to do that. You know, he was able to say, this is just my job. Like I can't be personally, I can't let it get to me. And he was trying to mentor Pitt throughout the movie. And I love their kind of dynamic. I'm a, I'm an apologist for Gwyneth Paltrow too. Like I love her. I don't care. I mean, I'll tell you right now. Everyone <laughs> in this movie is great. Oh, so good, man. Yeah. yeah. So what do you, what do you think of this one? Is it on your list or do you want to have anything to say about it? It is one of my honorable mentions. Um, I think it's definitely one of his best dramatic performances. Um, really underrated at the time, I think performance by him. Um, and he's just, he has that grit, you know, mm-hmm. somehow, like, even though he's this really pretty California surfer boy looking kind of dude, mm-hmm. he, he has like just that, <laughs> I don't know what it fucking is about that stubble, but like, it just right. automatically grits him up. It gives him this like yeah. hard bitten look to him that completely mm-hmm. changes it. And I love his vibe in this movie. He's so good that the final scene Mm -hmm. when like, when he sees what's in that box, dude, like the emotion, man, you don't even need to know what's in the box to know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's so performance tells you. Yeah. 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 Is really, really great performance. Yeah. And to your point too, I mean that, that ending scene, of course, but even, I mean, just throughout the movie as they're investigating the killer, like he's such an emotional attachment to the case and it, it comes out in his character where you have Morgan Freeman, who's this really kind of like quiet, like poised, you know, detective. And they're, they're, mm-hmm. two, they're reacting in two different ways and they play off each other so well, you know, like the scene when he who should not be named, uh, but when he walks in, you know, with the bloody hands to basically turn himself in yeah, and you, and Freeman and, and Pitt are there and, you know, you see Pitt's reaction like, hey, hey, get on your fucking knees, you know, and Morgan Freeman's just kind of like, you know, it's just you kind of see the different emotionality that goes into the characters. And I think Pitt made that choice to be that kind of like gung ho, like newcomer that really wanted to solve the case. And you kind of see that come out in the performance. So it's uh, one of my favorite films of all time because it really turned me into a cinephile. I feel like this one and a couple others were responsible for doing that. I graduated high school in 94. This came out in 95. I was in college. And like I said, this theater was really close to the campus I was at at the time. And I saw so many great movies there. And this is one that stands out to me. So uh, Detective David Mills, Brad Pitt's performance from seven is my runner up. And we're up to our number ones, man. You had uh, Moneyball. You had a cheat at number four, but that's fine. I don't care. We're friends. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a time in Babylon. Then you had 12 Monkeys Burn After Reading. What is your number one performance of Brad Pitt's, buddy? My number one is Fight Club. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I was wondering. It is, I think, the most iconic performance he's ever given. Tyler Durden 
lives on in infamy and will for all eternity because of how incredibly well he captures him, how incredibly well he portrays him. He has that it is perfectly utilizing every single one of his strengths as an actor. You have the charisma, which just immediately draws you to him. He has that kind of laid back, kind of rakish energy to him that, again, that just like draws you in. But then the words that he's saying are so snake like how they wheedle their way into your brain and twist you mm-hmm. around because he's using all that charisma and good natured qualities to for something mm-hmm. evil <laughs> and it's right. just like i right. i love the physicality of the performance and it's, look it, it's not just that i like looking at those greased up abs <laughs> Like it, that's not bad though. It's, it's not a, bad. It's a look. It <laughs> <You> helps. <know? laughs> Definitely helps. But <laughs> the physicality of the performance, how he is constantly standing in like a ready stance for a fight, how yeah. you know, like the way he like holds on to people and things, it is it is so much more difficult of a performance than it looks like, and I think that's a thing throughout his career like he makes this all look very easy and it Mm. is not (laughs) as we can see from some of his worst films like the charisma won't always get you through everything but when you have good material like this yeah out of this world yeah for sure and it's just so iconic too i mean this is you know one of his more iconic roles if not his most iconic i mean you know it's just kind of like what you said with the look and everything and just just so like impactful in pop culture and like people just go back to it time and again. Uh, I mean, I love it. It's on my, in my top five too. So we match up there. So (laughs) Tyler Durden from fight club is your number one. Yeah. My number one has not been mentioned yet, which is a bit surprising, but, but I kind of realized Dan that this is a great performance and I think you're going to like it too, or at least I hope you do, but, I feel like he was able to incorporate a little bit of that comedy that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But I get the impression from this role that the filmmaker was just like, do whatever the hell you want. Like, this is what I wrote on paper, uh-huh. but I want you to create this character. And I want you to be the one that oh, God. gives the audience what it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of comedy in there. Mm-hmm. And I freaking love what he did with Lieutenant Aldo Rain from Glorious Bastards. <laughs> I was not expecting that to be your number one. The Apache wow. man. Yeah, dude. Wow. So okay. So we get so we get the charm that we've been talking about. Yes. So we get that Brad Pitt kind of charm. Mm-hmm. But we also get the menace because you're kind of scared of him. You know, you kind of hear tales of what he's done in this group that he's leading <laughs> and scalping people and the whole thing. It's a little scary. You're a little intimidated. <laughs> But he's so funny and alluring, you know, Bongiorno, you know, when he's at the movie house and uh, the whole he scene. Makes getting with- scalped sound like a nice afternoon fun, yeah, you know? Yeah, like- exactly. Yeah. 
And the whole scene with the in the cave when they bring the Nazi out and he's giving him the whole thing, like, look, dude, like, you know, it's I'm good. gonna have to bring out this guy. Yeah. You know, it's just the way he's just kind of laying it out there for him. And he gets on a first name basis with the guy. And I, you know, I know that Tarantino wrote it, and a lot of that <laughs> goes to the beautifully written dialogue in the movie, but Brad Pitt. You know, like I said, I feel like he just kind of made this character his own. And Tarantino was like, here it is, man. Just do whatever you want. And it was this really outlandish, in my opinion, hilarious, memorable performance of the guy that's going to go down with the ship. You know, he's there to take care of business. He's there to, you know, kill Nazis, <laughs> uh, as he says. Um, you know, the scene in the in the underground bar with Fassbender oh. and all that shit. I mean, just fucking too perfect, it's man. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I love this movie. It's um, a hot take, perhaps, because I've been I've gotten a couple eyebrows raised when I've said this, but this is my favorite Tarantino film. I it is in my top. It's in the top three or top five, depending on the day. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, it's, I it's, love Inglorious Bastards. I think that Pitt is. I, I think everyone in it is great, um, but he's definitely one of the like standout performances, and it that sort of like kicked off this last stage of his career. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Not all the roles have had dialogue that good, but like when he gets that really great dialogue he just sinks his teeth into it yeah Ugh. it really does it's fucking yeah. great yeah you didn't see that coming huh you didn't know I was no gonna pick that. no i I, th- I did this was one of my uh honorable mentions so like it i love it too and i'm so glad that it's on your list i was not expecting it to be number one though that's really cool yeah there you go yeah super memorable performance and just so funny too. I mean, because it's not a funny movie, really. Yeah. But he is able to just kind of like make you laugh during all these really kind of horrific, you know, scenery that's going on yeah. around him in this movie. And oh my god, and the uh, standoff I mean, between so, him and Christoph Waltz is fan freaking tastic. So good. And Tarantino <sighs> throws in this is my masterpiece at the end. <laughs> and, really, I love it. I love it. Yeah, so good, man. <laughs> So there you go. So Lieutenant Aldo Rain, the Apaches, my number one from Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Dan, I'll tell you what, man, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I think you know this, but guys, just everybody listening, just so you know, my movie awards are coming up. The Golden Peas, where I honor the year in film 2022. The award ceremony is on March 13th and voting is open. So make sure you cast your ballot. I'm going to run a quick promo for that. I want to get as many votes as possible. And then we're going to announce the winners on March 13th. So let's run a quick promo for that. Then when we come back, we will wrap up our top fives, Dan, and we will shout out the fans online. And we also have some honorable mentions that we're going to run through here. So we'll be back in just a minute, guys. Everybody sit tight. Hey, guys, it's Drew from the Real Fills podcast. And, you know, every year, my buddy Gerald over at Two Peas, he puts on his own personal movie award show, which he has affectionately called the Golden Peas, where he honors the previous year in film. Now, this year, it's going to be the first time, and it's going to be done as a YouTube broadcast. How cool is that? There are going to be guest presenters giving out awards in seven different categories, including Best Movie, Best Female Performance, and, of course, my personal favorite, Best Horror Movie. Now, here's the thing about all the winners for this award show. They are voted on and chosen by you. These awards are 100% based on your participation and votes. So what you're going to do, you're going to help me share and promote 
this event leading up until the day it happens. All right. And of course, don't forget to cast your own votes. You got to head on over to two peas on a pod.com slash golden peas. And there you're going to see the list of nominees and you're going to cast your votes. Then on Monday, March 13th, that's Monday, March 13th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you're going to see all of the winners revealed live on YouTube. We're going to have some amazing special guests, and Gerald himself will be joined by co-host. And guys, contain your excitement. He's going to be joined by the god of podcasting himself, Brian Loisos. We hope that you can join us this year to once again celebrate our shared love of the movies. You're the realist. Welcome back, guys. Dan Bayer is here, as I like to call him, Dancing Dan on Film. (laughs) (laughs) So I call him whenever I talk to him. Uh, We just had our top five Brad Pitt performances discussion, and it was a great one. Had a little bit of crossover, but uh, some not crossover, too, which is cool. We had some uh, an eclectic list of of films there for you guys to seek out if you haven't seen them yet. Real quick, uh, Dan, remind everybody what your five was again. Just list them five to one one more time. Yeah, my number five was Moneyball. His performance is Billy Bean. My number four was my cheating sort of tie between Jack Conrad <laughs> and Babylon and Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, my number three was... 12 Monkeys as Jeffrey Goins. Number two, Chad Feldheimer and the Coen Brothers Burn After Reading. And number one, the iconic Tyler Durden in Fight Club. Nice list, man. My number five was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's Cliff Booth. My number four was Billy Bean from Moneyball. My number three was Tyler Durden from Fight Club. My number two was Detective David Mills from Seven. And my number one was Aldo Rain from Inglorious Bastards. So there you go. Uh, Dan, you got some honorable mentions over there. So what didn't crack your top five quite, but you want to shout them out? Um, so from your list, both Seven and Inglorious Bastards, um, those are my like seventh and eighth on my, if I was ranking a top ten. My number mm-hmm. six, and I, I really almost had this at f- five. Um, it's the tree of life. Oh, okay. And I just like, I don't know what to do with Malik movies in lists of people's yeah. best performances because like, I feel like whatever the performance is like, it's, it's not even a 10th of the performance that they were giving. So mm-hmm. like, I feel like weird, right. but I, there is some, I don't think I ever, I don't think anyone ever knew that he could do like, naturalism like that and right, he's right. It, it's phenomenal i think anyone who can do anyone who can be in a terrence malick movie and make it into the final edit <laughs> is, right. like knows what they're doing right. and you know like <laughs> there there is something so potent about um the use of silence in that movie, particularly mm-hmm. with his character. Um, and I think it's, it's definitely one of his best performances there. There's a large part of me that thinks he should have won the Oscar that year. Um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's great. And I've got a weird relationship with Mallet too. I don't, yeah. I, I never walk away from his films, like loving them, but I, I appreciate them mm-hmm. in most cases. Yeah. And, 
Brad Pitt's performance in this movie is definitely one of the things I take away from the film as as my favorite part of it, really. I mean, the imagery is always stellar with Malick, but the story is just kind of like you don't know what you're watching in a lot of cases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't – I never really know how to feel about that, but – um, but yeah, it, it always it always looks beautiful, and the performances yeah. are usually pretty good. So yeah, so I agree with you. Was that, was that it for honorables for you? Uh, no, I I also got to shout out uh, Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, sure, impossibly cool. I yeah, like. I agree. You, you can't touch him. You can't touch him mm-hmm. in this. It's and just the line readings are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It's like a not PC line right now, but when they're oh, no. they're in the when they're in watching the acrobats, he's like, "Which one is the amazing yet? The little Asian dude." <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good. It's good, man. You had such a perfect like. That's you know, okay. I think it's the funny vibe too. I mean, it's it's a- just like immaculate. <laughs> I <laughs> I think it's so, so perfect too because you had like him, Clooney, Soderbergh. Like it was just like it, yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, it was so, so cool. cool. It was so cool. I agree. The, the I look love on the his, sequels too. The, the sequels are good too. They're not quite as good, but they're still fun. I the look mm-hmm. on his face when they're they've almost gotten the whole game together, and Clooney's like, "You think you need? You think we need one more?" <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Uh, we need yeah. one more. The, the <laughs> look more. on his face is just perfect. And yeah. the scene when he's trying to teach the Hollywood people how to play poker. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, that's yeah, great. <laughs> Hilarious. That's so good. Hilarious. He's always, always eating too uh, yeah. throughout the series. It's so freaking good. Yeah. Always eating. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, it's good, man. Love him in that one. And of course, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, which is like actually not his film debut, but everyone like thinks it is. But like Jesus, like mm-hmm. d- a star is born. Literally man, watching right someone become a star right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And yep. like, he is gorgeous. Yep, I charisma agree, man. burning a hole through the freaking screen, and yep. that that charm, man. You're right there with her. And like when that turn <laughs> comes, it's just like, oh no. Like I was yeah, ruined for you, man. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. It you you can't look away from him from a single second he's on the screen, and that is like pure star power. Yeah, so good, man. I agree with mm-hmm. you. All right, man. So some good picks there. So my number six would have been Babylon. I am I, I'm in love with this movie. Like, I love it so much. Uh, you know, I, I heard a lot of the takes on NBP, and I've heard different people kind of like up and down on it. I know it just came out on streaming, but I've always loved this movie. One of my favorite films of the year. Brad Pitt has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily, I don't really know how I feel about how they did his character in the end. And his kind of ending, if you will, I don't, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, at the time, I wasn't really bothered by it, but then I kind of thought about it a little bit more afterwards. Hmm. So I would have liked to have seen a little bit better of an ending for his character in that respect. But nevertheless, I mean, I've already told you, I feel like it kind of mirrors his own career, and he just really gave a personal performance in this movie, despite mm-hmm. all the batshit crazy stuff going on around yes. us. He was able to kind of. Um, how about 
So this is one that we haven't mentioned yet, but how about the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? Yep, that would have been uh, my like number ten if we were yeah. ranking them. Yeah, yeah. So that's my number seven. I mean, I, you know, I thought he did a, such a great job in that, and um, you know, he's a sympathetic character, but again, you're kind of scared of him a little bit, so he kind of plays both sides of that beautifully. Mm-hmm. I thought. You mentioned my number eight, which would have been 12 Monkeys. And then you didn't mention my number nine or 10. My number nine would have been a movie that I came to early, which was also in that same time period around seven. This actually came out a year before that, but it's a movie called Legends of the Fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I where have he's, not uh, thought about that movie in a year. <laughs> dude, his name is uh, his name's Tristan in this movie. I and I tried to get my wife to name our son Tristan, which would have been after his character in this movie, but we ended up going with Logan. Okay. She wouldn't go with, she wouldn't go with Tristan, but I don't, it was just such, it just just stuck with me. It was around that same time that I was telling you about where it was like Pulp Fiction seven, like all these yeah. movies in 94, 95. And it was one of those movies I saw Anthony Hopkins plays his father in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, Julia Ormond, you know, I had a crush on her for many years after seeing it's her in beautiful. this film. But it's a great like family yeah. drama kind of set in the early colonial period. And it's just, you know, it's it's a beautiful film. So if you haven't seen it and you like Brad Pitt, you should check it out. And then my number 10 is kind of silly, but I fucking love him. It's literally a cameo, Dan. So don't get mad at me. I'm kind of cheating on my oh, own show. Oh, come on. But true romance. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know what you're so, talking about. That that's better than the one that I was thinking of. What, what did you think I was doing? What did you think I was thinking doing? of Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. like, yeah, sure, he's funny in it, but really, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, as the stoner dude in True Romance. Yeah. With the fucking hitman come over to the house, and he's just like literally doesn't care. He's stoned on the couch eating cereal. It's like the best. <laughs> it's cr- and we were just talking about Absolutely. comedy. I mean, it's Cliff perfect. Booth in his 20s or like late teens. Absolutely. That's right. It's dude. perfect. Absolutely, man. So I love that one. I've always been a, always been a huge fan of that performance in that movie. So oh Tony Scott God. directed film and written by Tarantino. Yeah. So early Tarantino dialogue that, that Brad Pitt was involved in there. <laughs> All right, Dan Bayer, how I like to end every episode is head over to social media and see what the fans had to say on the topics. So, guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to the Facebook fan community because that is where I try to interact with my fans the most. And I just said over there, I said, what are your favorite Brad Pitt movie performances in the old suggestion box? Let's see what we got over there. Lindsay Dunn, friend of mine, says 12 Monkeys and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There you go. Yeah, Good picks. Let's see. Uh, Jared Taylor, patron in front of the show, says Seven and Fight Club. Yeah, those are two powerhouses right there for sure. Fincher, baby. Fincher. Josh Ragland says there's so many, but he's going to say Seven and Fight Club. He's also going to say Burn After Reading, The Assassination of Jesse James, and California. How about that one? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. That's another one that I haven't seen in years. That was uh, remind me. I haven't either. Was that Keanu? Was in that too, right? Or no? Yes. Was that a different one? Yes. I think. Um, I think it was Keanu. Juliet Lewis. I don't know. I'm, all these names are coming to mind. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> movie. I haven't <laughs> like seen you're it forever. Like all the '90s indie movies, <laughs> and like ah, <laughs> you're I, like no, that was Natural Born Killers. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, no, but it was Brad Pitt and Juliet Lewis. And hold on, I got it. I'm looking. Go for it. Research I on the show. The Google. IMDb up. 
Oh no, it David Duchovny is who it was. David Duchovny. Yes. What am I thinking of Keanu Reeves? Oh, I'm thinking of um Feeling Minnesota, I think. Yeah. Which was Keanu, I think. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for the shout out. I haven't seen California obviously in too long. I need to check it check it out again. Uh Marshall, friend of the show, says Benjamin Button. We didn't mention that one. Another Fincher. Yeah. I mean, I you know, the movie I was kind of lukewarm on, especially from David Fincher, it wasn't what I was expecting, but I do remember Brad Pitt really turned in something special there, I feel like. Yeah, it's one of those things I have trouble with him in certain scenes of the movie and in other movie scenes I think he's really great. Um Yeah. It, yeah. He had to do a lot working with, you know, the prosthetics and all mm-hmm. that. It's sometimes hard to tell like what part of the performance is him versus what is um, mm-hmm. not but mm-hmm. i there are especially the scenes later in the film when he gets uh, middle-aged and younger looking uh, mm-hmm. are pretty great stuff yeah i agree marshall also says oceans 11 bullet train and once upon a time, he has uh, a lot of fun in Bullet of, Train. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah. It's there's a lot of really fun, like easygoing performances in that movie. Like you don't have to overthink mm. them. Like they're just having a blast. I was a fan of that movie last year. I don't care what anybody says. I uh, I had fun with it too. My friend Brad. So I think you were giving me shit on this a second ago because you thought it was mine. But he says Deadpool too. <laughs> <laughs> I said, bro, you're always coming through for me time and again. <laughs> that It's a genius bit of casting, and I love that he did it. But like, That's true. come on. <laughs> it's not really a stellar performance, per se. It's not uh, a let's performance. See. <laughs> it's not even a performance, even. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't fit the brief, Brett. Let's see. Uh, Julio says, shares a, a gift from 12 Monkeys, and we both yeah. agree there. Yeah. Uh, Jason, the nerd revert patron of the show says Cliff Booth, Roy McBride from Ad Astra. What do you think of that one? We haven't mentioned that one yet tonight. Yeah, I, I have issues with Ad Astra as a film. Um, I do think he's good in it, but in terms of his subtler performances, it's one of my least favorite ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He also, uh, Jason also says, War Daddy from Fury. Were you a fan of Fury, the war film? I really loved Fury when I saw that mm-hmm, in theaters. I thought it was very underrated. I have not seen it since it came out. So yeah, neither neither have I. But I remember he was really good in that. <laughs> he was yeah, good for in sure. It, yeah. it was a great cast. Uh, my wife commented, which doesn't always happen, but she's a Brad Pitt fan. But she just shared a gift from uh, Benjamin Button. Okay. Uh, surprisingly, she shared a gift of him as the old man, though, which is kind of weird. I <laughs> thought she would have done the buff, younger version, but that's fine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like everyone uh, who was like, I don't know, old enough to like make memories around that time remembers yeah. like the moment in the trailer for that movie when Cape Blanchett yeah. is like, "You are so young," and his like golden 18 year old self steps into the light and it's just like <gasps> yep yep yeah thumb on louise all over again yep. yeah we'll see uh travis crawford friend of the show says snatch seven oceans 11 and meet joe black so there's a couple snatch. there that we haven't mentioned yeah snatch, snatch yeah that's uh, yeah we just i i haven't seen that one in a while but i did kind of think of he's it's kind of like 12 monkeys where it's really really different like, yeah i think that's the thing like i 
I like 12 Monkeys as a movie more than I like Snatch. And yeah. I think that kind of like influences how I think of the performances a little bit. But Snatch is, it is kind of a brilliant performance. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And we got Christiani, patron of the show. He says, interview with a vampire. We haven't mentioned that one yet. Did you like him in that with Tom Cruise and Kirsten Dunst? No. <laughs> <laughs> He was okay in it, I thought. You know what I mean? I, I think that um, it would have been a lot more interesting if the two of them had switched roles. Him and Cruz, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's a, it's a weird, it's a, I don't know, it's a tough one to kind of like, I just think I that like, like people love it that like read the books and stuff, but yeah, and I it's, always a very, like, it's a very strange thing. I've watched it a couple times over the years and just like both times he just has a nothing of a character to play. Oh, wow. Wow. And to give it a rewatch and check that out then. I I just think that there's not like the, the vampire makeup kind of saps a lot of his natural charisma. So Mm -hmm. he can't really rely on that to make the character seem more interesting. Um, And it's a very, I thought the character is very underwritten, especially compared to Tom Cruise and what Kirsten Dunst is doing. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Uh, Daniel Hendo Henderson's got seven, Fight Club and Snatch. Let's see. uh, Brett Parker, patron of the show, says Fight Club, Snatch, and Glorious Bastards, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and seven. So great list there. Drew Hallam says seven and glorious bastards and 12 monkeys. And then we'll end on patron David Powell. He says snatch burn after reading. There you go. Nice. Uh, 12 monkeys fight club, true romance. There I go. Yeah. And, <laughs> and an honorable mention to his cameo in friends. I love, I love him in that episode of friends. I, I think he's too. hysterical. I do too. Dayton Jennifer. Yeah, I hate Rachel perfect. green club. <laughs> so good it was like you said perfect casting yeah i mean who else are you gonna do for that you know it was great it was just so happy that he did it so mm-hmm. all right so there we go there was our top five and then some brad pitt performances mr dan bayer hopefully you come back in the future we can do leonardo dicaprio we can yeah. do brad pitt movies <laughs> uh literally anything you want man i'm a big fan of yours and i love everything you do online why don't you just tell the folks where they can find you on social media and look you up buddy well thanks man i am very happy to be here and would love to come on again whenever you want to have me um sure man even though even though even i gotta talk to nicole because i don't know did she put you up to cheating even though you cheated a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna have you on but i gotta talk to her i don't know if she's telling the guests now to do this she did not put me up to it at all (laughs) i'm just kidding man i'm sorry i'm sorry to interrupt you we we did not plan that (laughs) Where can they find you online, buddy? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on Film, on Letterboxd, and post for when Twitter goes down at Dance and Dan. Um, and you can find my writing and podcasting at Next Best Picture and also at Awards Watch. Good stuff, man. Thanks for being here. I know you're busy during uh, award season and. 
hopefully you tune into the golden peas over there because i'm gonna be doing my own oh, yeah. award show the day after the day after the oscars so oh i have already voted for the fan awards of you all oh nice <laughs> that makes me happy yeah we'll see what happens we'll see how it shakes out but i uh, appreciate you contributing and thanks so much for being on this episode man it means a lot of course you're welcome my pleasure all right guys we will see you next week i'll be back with another guest another top five you guys know the deal until then everybody take care <laughs>